Welcome to the No More Late Feast podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle, and we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 1998 holiday movie, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Jackie is elated right now. I'm so There's excited. a few movies that are, have been on her list, and this one, it's a long time coming. Anything with JTT. Love it. Here for it. <laughs> but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. <laughs> if you love the podcast and you want to support us, here's a few ways that you can. We need reviews, y'all. We love them. They fill our bucket. They warm our heart. And they get us viewership. So find it in your heart, a Christmas gift to us, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, winter solstice, Festivus gift to us. And leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And thank you. Yeah. And if you don't have Apple, no problem. Go to Spotify. We are at a 4.7 right now. I'm hurt that we have <laughs> dipped past 4.9. So how did that happen? Somebody is hating on us, Jackie. Hating with some one-star like reviews. But it is what it is. But we know there's people out there who love us. So it really is not that hard on Spotify to just click those five stars. It's so easy. That's it. So easy. And make sure you subscribe to the show on any platform that you listen, because that really helps us. And it helps you, because then you know when our episodes are live. Because, yeah. <laughs> we both have different brands of ADHD, and we try and stick to a schedule, but it doesn't always happen. Yeah, so sometimes you get a little surprise during the week. <laughs> and if you want more... Yeah. If if the episodes and the interviews are not enough, head over to Patreon, sign up to be a bestie, and you'll get all of that exclusive content. You'll get deleted scenes, behind the scenes action. You'll get some and best of all, you'll get gifs to use of the two of us. Yeah. They're amazing. And every now and again, our very good friend Shannon likes to go on there and burn me any chance that she gets. And they're very funny to other yes. people other than myself. So there's I, that. I love I love it when Shannon roasts Danielle. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. The most recent one came in a text message where she told me that my black card needs to be re revoked. So there's that. Yay. But why would your black? I believe there's an episode I must have been talking about, like how obsessed I am with Harrison Ford. What was the other thing? Ron Howard was on there too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like this podcast is supposed to be a safe space for me to say things about my childhood and so yes i did think ron howard was a young man and was attractive on happy days because i didn't know that the show had come out like 20 years prior give me a break okay safe space <laughs> i i mean it's a safe space for for me <laughs> <laughs> so what is i'll be home for christmas about danielle 
Oh, I'll Be Home for Christmas is a Disney movie, and it came out in 1998. It's an American Christmas family comedy that follows a college student who must make it from his campus in L.A., California, to his family's home in Larchmont, New York, in time for Christmas dinner in order to win his dad's Porsche. His journey's not easy. It's a struggle for him to get home on time for Christmas, but... He learns a lesson in the meaning of the holidays, question mark. We'll see. We'll get into it. The movie stars Jonathan Taylor Thomas. This is this movie came out at the height of JTT fame. <laughs> Jessica Biel, Adam Lavornia, who is AKA the boy with the leather jacket from Milk Money that Jackie saw and I saw on the street randomly in 2005 in New York. I, we'll I had that exact thought. <laughs> Sean O'Brien and Gary Cole. The movie was directed by Arlene Samford. Screenplay was by Tom Nursel and Harris Goldberg. And you can watch it currently on Disney Plus. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating or Y2K versions of ourselves we give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would plan repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Uh, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Dumpster fire, trash, garbage. <laughs> so, Danielle, what is your Y2K rating of I'll Be Home for Christmas? I bet you couldn't guess this, Jackie. You've never seen this movie. I've never seen it. Never in my <laughs> life. I have gone all these years without seeing this movie. I thought, oh, I have had to have seen it. And I was watching it and I thought maybe something, a glimmer of something would have peaked my my nothing memory. no never <laughs> seen it. y2k jackie if you've listened to our crush episode jackie was on that jtt train and i was riding it all the way home so this was a would buy for me yeah if you listen to that crush episode you wouldn't know that i did not fall for the charms of the short king that is jonathan taylor thomas i it just didn't happen he had to have stood on apple boxes this entire movie because jessica beale is a hundred percent taller than him and they tried to make it seem like she was shorter i was like the height thing is tripping me out here and here's the thing actresses typically in hollywood are not very tall usually mm -hmm. so it wouldn't have been that hard to find someone shorter than him i mean mm -hmm. rachel lee cook and him and tom and huck she was shorter. Like, there were so many actresses at the time. So I was very surprised. I mean, she, I feel personally, she saved this movie for me. But we'll get into that in a yeah. second. Okay. But also normalize people being the height that they are. Like, yeah, there's no. What if she's a couple inches taller than him? Just don't try to lie to us when we know that that bitch is taller than him. Yeah. I mean, we know now. I mean, when you were younger, did you think about it? No, it's hard to, like, judge heights. It's not until, like, someone says, like, oh, he's short. And you're like, oh, 
Yeah, bro is only 5'5". Five five. Yeah. Yeah. But Jessica Biel is shorter than I thought she was because she's only 5'7". I thought she was like 5'10". But again, like in Hollywood, because I feel like a lot of actors are short, I, I really do think that is some sort of like epidemic going on. Not to, I'm sorry to the short people, but like, why is Hollywood so short? Anyway, <laughs> like, seriously, there are a lot of shorties. There are. Not Julia Roberts, though. My girl clocking in at like 5'10 at least. <laughs> Tell us about the budget. <laughs> <laughs> the budget for this movie was $30 million. And it made $12.2 million. I don't know if this, how much it made is how much it made with video VHS sales as well. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking it's just at the movie theater because I, I have to believe that they recouped some more of this. Yeah. Um, it made $3.9 in its opening weekend, and it finished at 6 at the box office. At the end of its run, the film grossed $12 million against the $30 million budget, and it was considered a box office bomb, unfortunately. Roger Ebert, let me tell you about our boy Lil Raj and how he felt about, <laughs> about this movie. All shade. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Raj gave the film one star and described the film as Pleasantville made from antimatter, saying the film is about people who seem to be removed from a 50 sitcom so they can spread cliches, ancient jokes, dumb plotting, and empty, cheerful, sanitized gimmicks into our word and time. That your your boy has the skills of nods on ether, the way that he just slammed this movie. My God. It wasn't that serious. Uh, so a couple of things. <clears throat> it felt very much like any other movie where it's like, I'm trying to get home for Christmas, right. like plane trains and automobiles, even like a little rat race thrown in there where you meet like this weird cast of characters. Um, and it's Disney. So there you're kind of limited and what you can or can't do, which probably made it feel even more like sugar coated than if it was like just a regular studio with maybe like a PG 13 rating. I but, think we're going to, I think we're going to hit on a few of these things. Cause I've had, I got a lot of thoughts <laughs> because there is movie magic and then there's white man aud audacity and boy, oh boy, did he come in real strong with, Almost a Zach Morris like yes privilege in this movie, but we'll yes. get into that. I just pulled up. Mm -hmm. I, I pulled up the box office because I'm like, it's number six. It was going into the holidays. It's a Disney movie. Like the math's not mathing. It's <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You know, like it should have been higher at least for like a week. You right. know, so number one at the box office, The Water Boy. Understood. I was there. That's what I went to see instead of this. <laughs> Number two, I still know what you did last summer. Mm, okay. Number three, meet Joe Black. Still can't get over that fake Bahamian Jamaican <laughs> accent he was trying to do in that movie. <laughs> Number four, The Siege. Okay. Number five, Ants. 
And then I'll be home for Christmas. And then number seven, right after it was Pleasantville. Oh, okay. A lot of competition. Yeah, a lot of competition, but I still feel like, I don't know if maybe the marketing wasn't like, I don't know. It feels like it should have been higher if it was given the correct marketing. Yeah. Well, it wasn't all bad reviews. Christopher Knoll from, I believe from the New York Times, called the film surprisingly engaging and gave it three out of five stars. So there's that. But this movie... <laughs> I tried to be fair and balanced here. I didn't want to just share what was ripping it apart, but it said surprisingly engaging. Okay. Yeah. In August of 97, it was announced that JTT was in final talks to star in a Christmas comedy film that was titled I'll Be Home. I Won't Be Home for Christmas. Um, while the script was positioned as a vehicle for a 20-something actor, Disney had the script rewritten as a vehicle for Thomas as a Ferris Bueller type prep school upperclassman. As soon as like we start this film there are wonders mm-hmm. i would yes. believe this movie more if it was like an all i want to do setting where they are at a prep school or far away like a she's the man type school right like yeah. they're still in high school but they're far away because i'm not there's there was nothing about that school scenario that made me feel like they were really in college at all there were lockers Plus his little minion, his his screech to his Ian. Ian was very like he looked twelve. Well, and that's that's the thing. You're choosing and that's great if you're getting like teenagers that can play college students. Wonderful, because we get the reverse all the time. Right. But you're choosing someone that already looks super young to try and play older than he is. They said 18 in this movie. I'm like, say, say what now? That, that's another thing of the math. So Jonathan Taylor Thomas has always just, he looked young for a long time, yes. right? And so I could understand them trying to give him a counterpart that's a little bit younger so it looks like he's like an upperclassman older. But where? let's do the math on this, Jackie. His dad says, you haven't been home at all I, I agreed for you to go to college away to california mm-hmm. but you haven't been home at all since your mom died right most mm-hmm. of us so then you're thinking like he's been at college for a few years right but then they say he's 18 so most of us that's when we first go to college right also usually when you start in August, there's really not a lot of, like he wasn't going to go home for Thanksgiving. That that seems to be the only opportunity. This is the first real holiday. So I'm confused. Mm-hmm. What we talk about daddy, because unless he graduated early and was at school when he was 17 and stayed there, and I think so, because I think they said, like, last Christmas he didn't go home or something like that. He came up with an excuse. Or maybe so. he was in, like, a prep school, and so he just went straight from prep school to college. Is the only thing I could speculate. And Daddy has money, so. Right. So this is a, this is a screenplay issue, because mm-hmm. don't make me do much work. 
don't make me think about this because it was just <laughs> a lot of math that wasn't making sense. And then the other thing that stood up for me is I'd be pissed too. That that man got married 10 months after his wife died? Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. So, yeah. So we first we we meet our main character JTT. I I don't I'm not calling whatever his name is. I'm going to say His JTT. name is Jake, so okay. it's close enough. Just JTT. Jake <laughs> and he's already just the most uh privileged man I've seen in a long time in a movie. And he's a sh- like He's not a shyster because he's not like he does lie eventually in the movie, but mostly it's just like he's he's like, how can I make a quick buck? So it's like he has his little minion Ian kind of do his grunt work for him and he'll rent out pagers to the jocks and page them the answers to the test and things like that. Just anything to to make some money. And it starts out where he has cashed in his ticket home for the holidays for two tickets to Cabo so that he can take his girlfriend, Allie, played by uh, Jessica Biel. How is a flight to New York? Was he flying first class? Because how is a flight to New York equate to two tickets to Mexico (laughs) is what I want to know. It's probably cheaper to go to Mexico because they're right there than it is to go across the country. Maybe, yeah. But I do think my issue with Jake in this movie and why maybe I didn't feel as, you know, Christmas movies are supposed to be like heartwarming and I didn't have the nostalgia with this movie. So I wasn't feeling for Jake and he he was giving very like Van Wilder. Yes. It's Van Wilder meets Zach Morris kind of thing, but... Mm -hmm. I feel like Van Wilder has heart and I don't think Jake had any heart whatsoever. He cared about Jake to like the third act to show any kind of remorse or empathy for anyone but himself. Yeah. Very Mm self-involved. I don't want to use narcissistic because I hate that everyone just throws that word around nowadays. No, but wasn't very... narcissism because he did care about Ali. Like he showed it in a very poor way, but at the end of the day, like he did, and and even Ian, like he would protect him and stuff. So right. it was like, but I question if it was because he cared about them or if it was in caring in relation to himself. Maybe so. Yeah, it was hard to find him empathetic. He was very arrogant, and um, yeah, he was running shit no questions about it and Allie was Allie was eating that shit up give her a big spoon mm-hmm. because she was gobbling it down she loved her some Jake she didn't she, she knew exactly what his game was and didn't give a shit no until it affected her right yeah and then even then like it, she would call him out on stuff too but only when it pertained to her yeah not when yeah. he was doing stuff to other people no yeah yeah and then we also see it's kind of nemesis Eddie who was giving very Andrew Keegan in 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. It, it's just hit referring to himself in, in the third person trying to get with Jake's girl. 
and essentially after that jock thing happened there's like a dorm christmas party the the jake or not jake eddie kind of figures out jake's plan tells the jocks which that was like the jocks would have aced their exam if eddie hadn't in, had in, in, interfered yeah so that eddie, wasn't really on jake that was on fucking eddie but eddie wasn't gonna say that eddie is mad right. because it jake just essentially gets everything that he wants and mm-hmm. he just doesn't and he also is confused by it and don't and eddie i was confused too i don't know how <laughs> jake is is like floating by and so when he they had this like whole thing where he had the jocks or the test an extra test to Ian. the guy outside the window so that the one of the guys could go Ian could go take the test and then text the answers to the beeper. I don't know what high tech pager this was. This must be it a, had words. It had not words numbers. It. <laughs> it had words on it. Like Frederick Douglass. Okay. <laughs> and Prohibition. Then, <laughs> Eddie followed Ian and saw this happening and and why did Ian also have his whole dorm? You're doing illegal shit. You got your dorm room open? Question yeah. mark. Like, what's happening here? So I don't know. Ian, I don't know if Ian ever got out of his locker, but Eddie threw him into the locker and then told the jocks that it was Jake that fucked them over. And mm-hmm. I don't know what they did to Jake either, because like it's not like he looked like he got beat up. I'm like, was no. he drugged? Why I think did he pass they, out like that? I think that? they roofied him. Damn. It's rough out in California. I know. So right before that happens, though, Jake's dad calls and he's like, hey, if you can get here by 6 p.m. Christmas Eve in time for dinner, I'll give you the Porsche that we built together. And Jake's like, okay, let me change my plans. And Allie's thing all along was, no, I spend the holidays with my family. It's right. really important to me. And so... He makes it out like, hey, I I heard you. (laughs) I switched the flights back. We're flying home, which then that didn't make sense because I'm like, how would you take one ticket to New York and make it two tickets to New York? (laughs) But he's like 8 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. I I mean, I guess he does run game. So if he needed to pay for something he could for the rental where they were staying in in, in San Lucas that's true yeah Yeah, so he's like 8 a.m tomorrow meet me we'll go to the airport go to New York and she's all excited because she thinks this is pure of heart (laughs) right nope you're wrong Allie you're wrong so he was so willing to leave without questioning because like yeah, he may think about himself, but it does. It seems really out of character for him to not show up when he said he was going to yes. take the flight. I think she yeah. should have been more concerned. Yeah, like, where the fuck is he? Have yeah. you seen him? Like, she didn't even say, hey, Eddie, did, have you seen Jake? Uh-huh. Is JTT around here somewhere? Because <laughs> we're supposed to go home together. And it seems like the families know each other because yeah. Jake's dad says something about, like, well, Allie's coming home. Like he he right. talks to the her family or whatever. So yeah, then we cut to 
Allie's looking for JTT. He's nowhere to be found 8 a.m. when they're supposed to leave. And we cut to the desert and Jake wakes up to vultures flying around him and he has a Santa suit glued to him. First and foremost, the way that that man was so unbothered, not just in this scene, but in the whole movie, like nothing worried him. For me, yeah, there were so many things that freaked me out. <laughs> like, first of all, vultures, I don't know if people understand, like, if I don't know if anyone's seen a vulture up close, their wingspan alone is terrifying. Like, they are... <laughs> Big ass birds. They are. I I I I'm right there with you. I hate birds. Yes. So I'm gonna avoid them at all costs. Yeah. So there's birds. There's being having someone's dentures thrown at me. Police. Child leaving the bathroom without washing their hands. There were so many frightening <laughs> things in this movie. <laughs> I, Almost being was, run down by a guy looking for a tomato on the floor right. that he was going to eat. <laughs> so many things, Jackie. I was terrified. I didn't this know is this a, horror was a horror film horror movie. <laughs> so Jake wakes up, has no recollection of what happened to him. At the same time, Eddie pulls up and he's like, hey, I'm heading home. I don't know why everyone that goes to the school in L.A. goes like lives in New York. And also I was thinking about it, I'm like at 18, if I said, mom, don't worry, I'm going to fucking drive home for Christmas. Yeah. Like from L.A. to fucking New York. Yeah. She would be like, no, the fuck you're not. You were 18. No. Well. So she did mention that, like, she, I don't know what the exact number was, but she said there was a handful of people that were going back east. Yes. And I do believe that Eddie actually, like, why Eddie's so, his ass is so clenched about Jake and his shenanigans is because I think they grew up in the same town. I think they all okay. just ended up going to the same school. I think he's had a crush on Allie for a long time, and he doesn't get the appeal of Jake and it just really irritates him he's because he's been going through this shit he is literally Slater dealing with Zach this is Saved by the Bell y'all <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you I'll be home for Christmas it's Saved by the Bell special holiday special <laughs> two specials <laughs> too fast too special <laughs> shout out to Marley <laughs> So, and, and, and Allie, you can tell this movie was directed by a woman because Allie literally was like, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to punch you if you try and touch me. I'm going to punch you if you look at me wrong. I'm going to punch you sometimes just because you deserve to be punched. Oh, and if you say anything homophobic, racist, racist or sexist. Thank you. I couldn't think of the third thing. Or sexist. I'm a punch you. I was like, yes, Allie. Yeah. Yes. Allie really did stand her ground. She did. Except when Jake was doing things with other people. <laughs> oh. 
So Ellie and, and Eddie go on their way. They start driving home. Jake goes and finds like this rickety ass gas station that looks like it's out of House of Wax and yeah, calls Ellie. Man, the man let him, lets him use his phone and he's still an asshole. He's an he's an asshole to everybody that tries to help him. So entitled. It's crazy. Does not does not come off well. <laughs> he's the, the guy's like, oh, you're gonna make another call, it's long distance. And he's like, anything's long distance from here. Bitch, he does not have to let you use his phone. But he was calling collect at first because he was trying to leave Ali messages like that. <laughs> Add a baby, it's a boy. Right. <laughs> which, which is fine, but still, he didn't have to be rude about it. Like, Yeah. yeah. Crazy. The thing that kept on going through my head is, like, this man has no money. And never do we ever mm -hmm. see him say, oh, my God, I have no money. What am I going to do? He also has no license, no ID. He's like, I'm going to be all right. Just, he willingly gets in the driver's seat of a car with stolen goods to like charm the cop no yeah, idea like, okay you're getting pulled over but you have you have no driver's license I just, <laughs> the code like i don't know how jtt or jake's character didn't fall over from his balls being so fucking big and weighing him down he was like just waddling around yeah. the cojones on that one so <clears throat> where are we now okay so he he calls home after he, he does out. call home but his dad because he is he's the boy who cries wolf he right. he makes up elaborate stories all the time to get his what he wants or get out of things that his dad's like yeah sure you're in the desert with a santa suit glued to you the the stipulation still stands right and so he's uh, like fuck <laughs> oh and if you're watching on spotify or youtube we have our rema listening santa hats Yay. that were gifted to us by our dear friend david last holiday season so thank you david and listening is what we do here. We reminisce we and we listen. It's such a great, great thing. <laughs> Hashtag. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gagging with the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant with the Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. So then these 
old ladies pull up and they're like, Jake t- makes up some sort of like sad sob story. And they're like, we're we're not going to New York, but we're going to Vegas to see Tom Jones. You want to come? And so he's like, sure. And so then he's sitting in the back seat with these four old ladies. And that's when the denture incident happened. <laughs> okay. I felt like this scene was the most realistic thing in the whole fucking movie. Because why were they grumpy old ladies? Grandmama is like falling on his lap and he's like, get off my business. Mom and the lady in the front got pickle juice and spills it. Spills like the smells in that car because he can't take this suit off or the mm-hmm. hat off. They don't, just like old old people, they don't want to put the AC on and they won't, won't roll the window down. When she said... You must be kidding. You don't know how easily an old person can get pneumonia around here. I damn near fell out the chair. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and then he's starting to get, because obviously, like, it's the desert. And yeah, it's winter time, but, like, it's still fucking hot in the desert. And he's wearing the Santa suit he can't take off. There's lots of smells happening. He's sitting in the middle seat. And he just starts puking. And, and they get puked. mad. <laughs> I'd be mad if someone puked in my purse too. Like, I don't know what I would have to clean up after that. But would you rather him puke all over you? I'm like, there weren't many he, options. I'm glad he did it, but he got to go. We don't know nothing yeah. about this boy. So he and gets he kicked out. No gas money. Yeah, that's true. So uh, the grannies kick him out, um, and he sees Eddie on the highway. So this man. <laughs> decides to stand in the middle of traffic trying to get Eddie's attention. Eddie sees him, but he just continues on his way. Yeah, he's not even trying to get Eddie's attention. He's trying to get Allie's attention, and Eddie's panics because he does not want them to reunite. And, I mean, this man, skirt right out. <laughs> he was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We, we got to make up time. And, yeah, poor Jake. Not doing so well, but somehow, some way, he found a, a found a pen, a, a marker, and some cardboard to try to mm-hmm. get people to. He's trying to hitchhike, and then I didn't understand this part because it starts raining, and he's like, "Oh, great!" And then it starts snowing? Question mark And he's like, "Oh, great!" And I'm like, "That's not how it. weather works." <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I don't know nothing about the West Coast and weather there. So I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't debate it. I was like, that I guess that's right. That it's in the movie. I don't know. Oh, he, go ahead. Oh, so he he finally finds like a a display, a Santa, a fake Santa in a sleigh. And so he kind of that's where he sleeps for the night is next to this fake ass it was a very cozy situation that blanket looked top tier i wanted it (laughs) i did not mad at the sleeping accommodation no not at all (laughs) there was like a pillow it was it was a nice situation meanwhile Allie and eddie have to stop at some random hotel eddie tries to like oh we're just sharing a room and she's like Novich. Beat it. 
And his asshole self, the next morning when she's like getting out, he's like, oh, you don't look good in the morning. I'm glad that we didn't do anything. Ew, I can't. She should have hit him then. Yes. Her hair was a little unkempt. That was it. Yeah. Rude. So then Jake is hitchhiking more and he's kind of like on the shoulder of a highway and along comes Nolan. Nolan is driving. Who's the boss van? That's the only way I could describe it. If you've ever seen Who's the Boss in the, <laughs> in the beginning of the show, every time you see the, the van that Tony comes in, it's a blue beat up van. Maybe That's it's the, the same van. It is. It's got to be. That's the and so, that's the boss, <laughs> so Nolan is driving along, trying to put ketchup and shit on his burger and eat while he's driving, drops the tomato. Oh, I must find this tomato that I'm going to eat, even though it's been on my disgusting floorboard. Oh, they were so Fully much not dirt. paying attention to the road. Jake starts running down the highway because now he's got a car chasing him. <laughs> Nolan finally notices, hits the brake, and then you just don't see anything. (laughs) I have to say that not many things made me laugh in this movie, but Nolan, (laughs) I laughed out loud with his nonsense. Oh, man, I went and killed Santa. (laughs) The way that, so, like, when he hits Jake, um, he, Jake leaves behind his boot and so he pours the boot over and there's snow in it. And it's almost like in his mind, he really thought Santa dissipated or something. It was. No, I think he thought he was going to find a foot in the boot. <laughs> and he like <laughs> amputated Santa's foot. <laughs> but but Jake was fine. Yeah, Jake was <laughs> fine. He gets in the car. He's getting to know Nolan. And it's like they've been driving for like two hours and then Nolan's like, man, I can't believe I almost hit you. And it's it, <laughs> like, like, how many times are we going to have this same conversation, Nolan? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, man. And then they do get pulled over. And that's when I think that's when that's when Jake finds out that there's hot stuff in the in the van. And he volunteers himself as tribute to sit in the driver's well, seat. So so Jake sees Eddie again on the highway. And he's like, we need to catch up to that car. He's with my girlfriend. Right. And Nola's like, Mrs. Claus stepping out on Santa. <laughs> not on my watch. And he starts like... Be- <laughs> Nolan gets so indignant on Jake's behalf. And I kind of love it. He's a real, he's a, a true friend, he's a, truly. He's a ride or die, man. Until it's time to not be. <laughs> and so the cop pulls him over and somehow doesn't ask for registration, license, nothing. And he's like, look, we're trying to get to our gig. And at the next town at the children's hospital, which, by the way, that is a really big lie. Because there's not children's hospitals like in every town. So you yeah. have to be pretty careful about that. And so then the cops like, oh, and blah blah blah. Sure, let you know. You know what? I'm off. I'm getting off duty. So why don't I drive you there, like so you can get there faster? And then when he gets there, he's like, I want to come in with you guys. First of all, how 
to the hospital let these randos off the street in the Santa costume and, and a We weren't real- expecting you. Where did Nolan get that elf hat from? <laughs> <laughs> like, and the, the hospital didn't question, like, y- you're Y'all giving out appliances. kitchen appliances. <laughs> <laughs> and, then- and, and Nolan is so salty about it, too. He's like, that toaster wasn't for that kid. And Jake's like, bruh. <laughs> we try not to go let to it jail. Go. <laughs> but then it's the last kid. Sweet oh. little Esteban. But the way like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas says his this, his name, he's like Esteban. Like he makes it so American. And the boy said it's so proper yeah. And slow enough for him to repeat. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm surprised he didn't just say Steven. <laughs> <laughs> so poor little Esteban is like, I don't want any things for Christmas. I just want to get out of the hospital so I can see me mama and me papa. And he likes going like, me hermana. I felt that was a little racist because they're trying to make it seem like he's going to name off every single person ever. But I was like, I'm going to let it slide because I didn't see anything a whole, like, there's a few things. There was that, the Kenyan runner. The Kenyan? (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that. When you're young, you don't clock shit like that. (laughs) And like, as soon as he said it, I was like, what did he say? And I rewinded yeah. it. And I was like, he did say Kenyon. It wasn't even a marathon. It was just no, like a 5K. Right. And he did, that man did not look like a Kenyan runner at all. He just looked like a, a African American man. Why was he wearing a helmet, though? Girl, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There was only. We'll get there. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. We're not to the Santa 5K yet. No. Baby steps. We got a lot to do. We got to go to the the turf and turf uh, restaurant in Kansas or Nebraska. So the next scene after little Esteban, best actor in the whole movie, in my opinion. He was. He sold it. (laughs) (laughs) Not a dry eye. Not a dry eye. No. Everyone's calling their loved ones. Mama, I'm coming home. And so the cop's like, will you help me get my wife back? And Jake's like, nah, I won't. But then he finds out the wife like left the cop's ass and moved to Nebraska. And he's like, oh, you're heading east? Sure, I'll help you. And because my, we're thinking for ourselves. Through this whole movie, it would have been nice. Like, could y'all not pull the goofy movie and just show me where y'all are plotting on the map? Because... <laughs> I'm an American. I don't know where shit is. <laughs> Even in our own country. <laughs> I don't know where anything is. I don't know where Nebraska's northeast. Okay. I don't know. You're just that Julia Roberts meme with like math symbols. <laughs> also, let's not gloss over the fact that the police officer to ask some of y'all are y'all not scared of the police because i know i'm scared of the police and this boy was not scared of the popo at all the the police officer said hey can you help me and he's like what do you want who what 
I would never. I could never. <laughs> I could never. Yes, sir. What? Ever? Anything you need, sir. I, I'm trying to live. <laughs> but that boy. So, and the cop takes the cop car out of jurisdiction because they drive to Nebraska in it. Yeah, I don't think he's supposed to do that. I don't but think I don't so know either. anything about what cops do. Marky, can you let us know? <laughs> are you supposed to take cop cars out of state? Please and thank you. So we arrive at the turf and turf restaurant, so they only sell meat. Even clock that that's what kind <laughs> of restaurant it was. She was wearing a cow visor with ears. Girl, was it? You think that's what I was paying attention to? I was just trying to be like, Nebraska is okay. So they were. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing Geography? math in my head. I'm not looking at what people were wearing. Hold on, you didn't even call it geography. You called it map math. <laughs> Nebraska. Copyright. It's in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to the restaurant. Jake goes in and talks to Marjorie. She's like, he was kissing his ex-girlfriend at the Smiths. Like, fuck no. Fuck him. Right. I'm an independent woman. I moved away to get rid of him. And then the cop was like, it wasn't me. It was the Jaeger, <laughs> which is such a fucking man excuse. A white man excuse. We got to specify because I ain't never heard a black man say nothing about no Jaeger Meister. I'm just saying alcohol in general as an excuse for inappropriate behavior is a very man thing to Facts. do. Black men would just say it wasn't me. I There's no proof. You made, <laughs> you know, my dad there's used to say, if you don't physically touched me in that space i wasn't there prove it it's the the shaggy clause <laughs> it wasn't me <laughs> so the jake's like it's it's not gonna happen bro like she's n no and like you're coming to her place of business she's busy she's got customers right. now you come in with this bullshit but the as they're like kind of cutting their losses, Edna and the Rambles pull up. And they're like, you know what? We could use a band right now. Let's do this. <laughs> and he comes in and Jake is literally writing lyrics for him to sing to the tune of Oh Christmas Tree. But he's like, oh, Marjorie, oh, Marjorie. <laughs> Which, like, it is. I'm torn with this scene because I find it clever, but I also find it so stupid. The bar is in hell with <laughs> the amount of effort for this man to try to win his woman back after cheating. This dry, dusty ass yellow patent legal notepad lyrics <laughs> song that you're trying to throw at me at my place of business of work 
You yeah. can miss me with that. So, but it warms Marjorie's heart. And earlier when Jake was trying to talk to Marjorie, he he's kind of like alluding to the fact that like he has a similar situation. And that's when we find out mom died, dad remarried 10 months later. Marjorie's like, it's not really step mom's fault. Like, right. And also you're delusional to think that it was a misunderstanding. Whatever happened between you and your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Clear negligence on your part. And so also the cop says, I'll make it up to you on the velvet skirt of the Christmas tree with his whole chest in the middle of a restaurant where his estranged wife works. I'll I'll, I'll be honest. He got me with that one. (laughs) (laughs) I I wasn't listening to much, but when he said that, I said, okay, let's... (laughs) Let's not let's not throw this relationship away, girl. There might be something there. Cause my my skirt of my tree is very nice. Very nice quality. <laughs> so Marjorie and the cop make up. Allie and it, it, it then transitions to Allie and Eddie. Velveeta Town. Yes. They decide Wait. she she wants to go to this middle of nowhere. Is it like Fake a Bavarian beer? village yeah. in middle of nowhere? Right. So Jake is going to get a ticket. The the deal was that he'd get a ticket, a bus ticket to go home to New York. The police mm-hmm. officer would buy him. So he is yeah. at the bus station kind of like waiting for his bus. And Allie is two-stepping it out with this this boy trying to pretend that she ain't really feeling him i felt like there was mm. some sparks yeah i i because felt like they, she... they they end up under a mistletoe as the newscast is like <laughs> doing their their report from the bavarian village and they're like oh you're under the mistletoe there was no hesitation no there was no like mm, there nope. was no coercion no nothing she was like all right Let's do this. Look, Eddie only needed one more day. And I think. (laughs) I agree. I think think she was like, you know what? He has enough height to ride this roller coaster. I'm just saying. (laughs) He's not too bright. But. Um, And that. But they also. Oh, and then they have this random throwaway scene. So Eddie and and, and Allie, Allie are making out in the Bavarian village. And bef- I think it's before Jake sees the broadcast, he's practicing his ho-ho-hos in the bathroom. <laughs> and he has like this random ass kid comes out and he's like, let me try these on for size. Ho- like, And he does like three different ho-ho-hos. And the kid was like, very thoughtful yeah it was like the first one's for like my sister and younger kids the second was is like for my age group and the third one is like you're gonna scare off everyone i was just like i really like this scene for some i had a few thoughts the things that came to me in this scene was we don't really need this scene it did nothing for the plot yes it's also giving me pedophile feelings i don't know why (laughs) man in santa suit talking to children three the scariest of it all he did not wash his hands he (laughs) did not wash his hands little boy 
we know how you feel about these questions yeah but what i'm finding if i am to give a dissertation on on the hand washing epidemic that we are, are are having in this country is that i don't think it was an oversight of the person who's supposed to find like continuity and, and think realism in these movies. I just think that, oh, this is the culture. People are not washing their hands, so they're not putting it in movies. Yeah, they don't think about it. They don't think about it because I was watching another Netflix movie this past weekend. Forgot what it's called. Doesn't even matter. But the girl thinks she's pregnant. She's taking a pregnancy test. She's in the bath. This is another thing. Why in the movies are so many women going in the bathroom peeing on sticks together? I, I, I would if I thought I was pregnant, Jackie. I'd say, okay, I'm gonna go pee. I'll be. You would be outside of the bathroom, and mm-hmm. I will come out. Not you sitting there with me in my pee. Like I, I, yeah. I just, it's just maybe we just don't have that relationship. Maybe was it I'm for Christmases? Huh. Was the movie for Christmases? No, but that's probably another oh. example. She didn't wash her hands. The girl yeah. peed on sticks and no hands were washed. And that's it. So it's a it's a trend. It's a pattern that I'm <laughs> noticing now more than ever. So also in this Bavarian village, they have what I referred to as the glockenspiel of harassment, where it's like... <laughs> It's this clock with human, like, humans that are the cuckoos. And it's like, you know how in Pirates of the Caribbean, it used to be, like, the man chasing yeah. the woman? Yeah. And then the, now they changed it and the woman chases the man. No, no. This was pre-Pirates feminism <laughs> because it's definitely a man chasing a woman in the glockenspiel. But it's not even, like, fake it's real no. people acting yes. this out, which cracks me up. And also, when Jessica Beale says that's something sexual harassment, do mm. you know, I was like, oh, snap. They were talking about sexual harassment in the night? <laughs> <laughs> I know they were, but it just well, it's like, like such dark Like times. Pleasantville, when we were like, all the things the teacher said... <laughs> are still fucking happening now and that makes me so fucking sad so sad (laughs) so then this is where jake sees them on the tv kissing under the mistletoe and he's he's now devising a plan because the the i agreed with the bus driver like you know follow the rules dude yeah, Like the audacity of you to want to take a full bus of people who have places to go and try to mm-hmm. stop at a, a location that is not on is the not route. on the route. Yep. And so, you know, he asked the bus driver, like, we need to stop stop in this town. And he's like, get out of here. This is where I'm confused. Jake starts to MacGyver a situation. He sees a little girl with crayons. He sees a man with a cooler. He says a man. I don't know what the fuck that man was eating. I don't know I don't what either. that was. I don't <laughs> know if it was raw meat. hunk of meat on bread. <laughs> I don't know what it was. So he sees these three pieces, and somehow he's like, "Okay, where did the guy? I thought he was going to eat it. So how did Jake get it? I think I I agree with that. I don't know if the guy just like prepped his sandwich for later and then didn't eat it." But I think Jake waited until everyone was asleep because in the scene where he like 
puts his plan into action, everyone around him is sleeping. Right. So I think he waited till everyone was asleep, stole crayons from a, a child, <laughs> defaced yeah. someone's cooler. And why isn't someone been like, no, man, that's, that's just my, my cooler, cooler that you drew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, who would just leave, like, who would write in crayon? Yes. That this is a, this needs to go to the hospital for somebody. This is a organ. In crayon? Yeah. And then no. it's just a piece of raw lunch meat sitting <laughs> on top of the cooler. I would have to but, say out of all the schemes that Jake did in this movie, that had to be the most ridiculous one. <laughs> Meanwhile, in uh, Bavaria, um, there's only one room left. And it's the honeymoon suite. And and Allie's not playing. She's like, oh, this is so nice, so cozy. And then it like pans out to the full king size bed. And Eddie is on the other side on top of the blanket. Like he just has a, like a separate blanket over him. And he is fully clothed and has mittens on. And he's like, do you need me to put on more clothes? She's like, no, it's good. We can go to bed now. And I'm like, right on, Allie. Boundaries. I don't know. I would have just let it happen. <laughs> but she needed that one more day. That's what it was. Yeah. She she was almost there. Almost. Uh, at least she didn't make him sleep on the floor. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And Jake is feral. He His plan goes correctly. Oh, when he tries to get the bus driver to take the crayon ice box to the town. Um... <laughs> The bus driver's like, no. And out of nowhere now, there's two arm army arm officers or something. Yeah. I don't know what division they were in the military. Are like, man, it's so much overacting in this scene. Yeah. I was like, I'm so torn because there's a black man getting a speaking line. But also, what is this? This is horrible. <laughs> and so everyone starts just like really abusing the poor bus driver so he does make the stop and now he leaves it up to jake to go deliver it yeah. jake throws that shit in a toy box so quick and starts scouring the hotel also jake who told you you could put hands on a woman at the hotel when the lady yeah. doesn't give give the information he wants he like yeah yokes her up excuse me jake again the audacity he finally finds Allie, and he's like what's going on eddie comes out just mcsteamy like with just a towel and <laughs> i think it's hilarious that his first thing is to pull the towel and you don't know like, what that man's packing. Yeah, like that was a big risk there. It was. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but then Allie and and Jake tells on himself, like mm -hmm. he he says, "Oh, I have to be home by six. And she's like, "Why?" And then she finds out, "Oh, so you didn't really want to change plans because of me. It's because you want something. You are selfish." And yep. she goes and takes his place on the bus, and she's out of there, which. Go to good for you, Allie. Yeah, good for you. Should I'm not. thinking about it. This movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. I don't think, other than the sister, 
I don't think there's another named actress. And the sister and Allie don't talk to one another. But the sister talks to the stepmom, no? But does the stepmom have a name? Valid question. Is My it wheels are turning. Marjorie? Oh, no, no Marjorie was... Tracy? No, Carolyn. Carolyn, Carolyn is her name. Okay. I think they talk to each other. Okay, so maybe it barely passes. Very, very, by the skin of its teeth. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, now D- Jake's in, whatchamacallit, the Bavarian town. Allie's pissed at him, so she's still riding home with Eddie. Or no, no she, she's on the bus now. Mm-hmm. She's on the bus home. Jake gets in Eddie's car, and oh, they right. are rocking out together. And it's like, he, it doesn't even bother him. He doesn't even think he's done anything wrong whatsoever to Allie. Yeah. And Eddie's like, man, I even feel bad for you. That was bad. But then after a while, he's like, you know what? Because Jake is still just as conceited as ever. He's like, oh, I'm going to win over Allie, get my car. We're going to be right back at top when we get back to school. And then it hits Eddie. I'm not helping this motherfucker yeah. live in my dreams. And he kicks him out. And he kicks him out. Yep. He drove him through Wisconsin, so they he got through another state. And again, I'm doing math, math. Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now we are in a little town where Jake gets thrown out of Eddie's car, and he notices that there's like just a rogue Santa running, and then like another one, and he notices all these Santas are congregating, and it's a Santa 5K. So he's like, and there's a prize. It's $1,000 if you win. So he's like, bet. And he goes up and tries to like pull a fast one on the the lady registering Santa's. And she's like, no, like you should have had a receipt. You should have had something. And so this other Santa comes up and pays the $10 entry fee for Jake to be able to run. And this is where we get the Kenyan because they're like, all the Santas are like fat and out of shape and eating donuts and stuff. So he's like, I can win this, no problem. And then he realizes his only competition is the Santa that paid his way and the Kenyan. That's not really a Kenyan. Yeah. Oof. And he wins only because the guy that helped pay his way when his, because like the rule is that your hat and beard have to be on when you pass the finish finish line Mm -hmm. to win and so jake's hat falls off and the guy who sponsored him essentially kind of slows down to make sure he gets his hat and lets him win because Mm -hmm. he heard jake give some song and dance about like his house burning down and just another lie sub story whatever and jake is well on his way to the airport and then he finds out from the taxi driver that the that was the mayor, and the mayor usually uses the money to buy people turkeys. Turkeys. Mm-hmm. What I question as the mayor, why not just have a turkey donation drive or a fundraiser or something? If you, if you know this is an issue, instead of yeah. this damn Santa run, where is the money for that coming from? But yeah. I, I, I again. These screenplay people making me think too hard. <laughs> so, so Jake, t- Jake does ahead. have the taxi driver turn around, takes him to the mayor's house. He writes a note 
leaves the money there. And so the mayor's kind of like, I hope, I hope you are okay. Do you need to come in? Do you want to spend Christmas here? And Jake's like, no, that's okay. So he, he calls home and gets his sister and he's kind of explaining the whole thing to his sister. And she's like, I have allowance money saved up. I'll buy you a ticket home, not out of the kindness of my heart, but because I want to hold this over you for the rest of our lives type thing. That, yeah. And she wants to do it for her dad. That's really, yes. I think she just wants to see her brother. You know, yeah. I'm sure what they went through was so difficult as it is, but I don't like, how much money was being lost in, in these many tickets that were not being used. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing. That math yeah. and Matt math. And he's like, well, I don't have an ID. She's like, I'll, I'll leave a password that only you will know. And so when you get to the kick, ticket counter, just give this password. And so the password is like, I'm a jerk and my sister's a goddess or something like that. <laughs> in that vein. So the ticket lady is like, yeah, great. I need to see your photo ID. He's like, but I gave you the password. She's like, that's not how airports work. Right. And so he's like. I was surprised because I was like, I know it was lax before two, before 9-11 happened in 2001. But I was like, no, you had to have an ID. Yeah. 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 So he can't use the ticket his sister bought him. But he sees a dog crate being wheeled and it like has a sticker on it that says like to JFK. And so <laughs> he ends up on this weird, tiny Indiana Jones cargo plane. Cause he like gets in the carrier with the dog. I'm like, how did someone not notice that you're in the carrier with the dog, whatever. And so when they land, then he lets the dog out of the carrier to distract, to distract the people so that he can get off the airplane. And I'm like, what if that dog didn't come back? And now the owners are very sad on Christmas because their dog ran away because you're an asshole. Jake doesn't care, Jackie. I, I know Jake doesn't care. <laughs> I care. I, I, I see you got more turned up about the dog than all the other shit Jake has done to everyone. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> So then he's, how did he even get to? He, he took the train and they asked him if he had a ticket. Usually they would kick you off, but mm -hmm. I guess he was able to get home. And when he got to the town, that's when he stole the Santa sleigh and went to his girlfriend's house. Again, more Because she said, she said, I wouldn't believe you if you showed up at my house in a one horse open sleigh. Yeah. And so then he shows up and then she's like, oh, that's sweet. So easy. okay. So easy. <laughs> and then he goes to his house and he's like, wait, what time is it? She's like, oh, it's 559. You still have time. And he's like, no, I'm going to wait until after six. I just want to watch my family for a few minutes type thing. Like he suddenly cares. <laughs> And so he walks in after sit, like shortly after sit. I'm pretty sure it's still six o'clock when he walks in. He doesn't wait that long. And his dad's really happy to see him. He's like, you, you earned the Porsche. And he's like, no, I was late. So cheesy. rules are rules. Plus it still has a lot of work to do. And so it's going to take us me visiting to, to 
fix the Porsche before I take it type thing. I'm glad that Marjorie, when she hugged him, was like, you smell. Because I was thinking yeah. that the girl not Marjorie, all over him. The sister. What's the sister's name? I don't know. Oh, well, who's Marjorie? Marjorie was the cop's wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Tracy. I'm glad Tracy called him out and was like, you mm-hmm. smell, boy. Because he has been wearing this suit for days. Yep. He's had pickle juice thrown on him, his own throw up. He's been rained on, snowed on. Guarded on by the dog. Yeah, he smells 100%. Yeah. And Axe body spray had not been discovered yet. No. <laughs> no, it hasn't. And um, then the parade finds him. And I guess the guy tries to berate him about stealing it, but that was it. Like, there was no real repercussions. And then him and his family get in the sleigh that they stole, that he stole. And goes for a ride. And that's, I'll be home for Christmas. (laughs) And then at the very end, during the credits, we get Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by Girl, I done turned that TV off so fast. I did not stay for the credits. Merry Christmas. I heard a little Merry bit. Merry Christmas and, that was and happy holidays. No? No, I was like, okay, I made it through. A <sighs> uh, few fun facts. This was Jessica Beale's first Disney movie. Elizabeth Friedman's debut movie. And Jake and Allie are college students, but Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jessica Biel were both minors at the time of this film. So it was giving very much high school. Yes, I agree. And I think it would have been way more, not way more believable, but more believable if it had been like a prep school rather than college setting. Yeah. There was a cut scene where a little boy urinates on Jake's lap. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is and then like i was saying the end credits you hear merry christmas happy holidays and jessica biel marries that man 14 years later <laughs> <laughs> this is like i jonathan taylor thomas it said that he starred in disney's man of the house prior to this but he also starred in tom and huck which i think was also disney it was the Lion Funny. King, he voiced and Timba. And the Lion King, yep. And also Jessica Biel and Adam Lavornia, somebody at the Seventh Heaven ca- casting must have saw their... I don't know if they were already playing counterparts prior, but they played boyfriend and girlfriend on Seventh Heaven. So, And for a while there, too, I think. I can't believe I used to watch that show. Anywho. Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character, Jake was found unconscious in the desert, which mirrors what happens to Simba in the character he voices in The Lion King, down to the vulture and vulture sounds. Interesting. (laughs) Thank you for going down this trip with us. If you have any comments, questions, make sure to hit us up on social, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and threads at No More Late Fees. And let's get into our present day ratings. You know, I should have been thinking about what this was going to be. I didn't hate it. Like, it's not the worst thing we've seen. I'm just not going to watch it again, most likely. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm going to say two day rental. Because I came with Jake and his entitlement. It was too much. I. (laughs) (laughs) So I found Jonathan Taylor Thomas, not the character, but like Jonathan Taylor Thomas as an actor, incredibly charming in this. Like for what it was, I found him very charming. And I did text message my friend group and I said, I'm watching I'll Be Home for Christmas for the podcast. And I got to be honest, I'm not mad at it. Jesus. (laughs) So I'm going to, I'll give it a five day and I'm going to give it the kid in King Arthur's court. There's nothing wrong with this movie. (laughs) But there is like kid in King Arthur, fine. But this, there's a lot of things wrong, Jackie. It's all fine. It's like, it's like I feel like in my brain i have it akin to rat race where like shit's fucked up and we know rat race is a comedic classic that movie is fucking hilarious it's so good did you not laugh out loud in this movie danielle only when that man was (laughs) only because you were too busy trying to do map math (laughs) You leave math math out of it. (laughs) We agree to disagree. I'm sorry. This is all nostalgia, Jackie. Is you got short king fever over here, and that's fine. But call it what it is. You know how I feel about Christmas movies in general, and I did not hate this Christmas movie because you love JTT. To this day. To this day. To this day. I don't see any problem here. <laughs> and Let us know what you think. <laughs> Hit us up at our quick drop, 909601 and MLF, 909601-6653. Let us know what you think about I'll Be Home for Christmas and JTT and Short Kings in general. Or are you rewatching Seventh Heaven and need to unleash your opinions? Or if you just want to sing us Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I'll splice it together and we'll have a chorus. That's lovely. We love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there is, we usually do birthday shout outs. I want to say happy birthday to our King Christ, Jesus, Jesus, what's up one time, Christmas 25, what's up? Happy birthday, baby Jesus. <laughs> What we next- want, what are we talking about next week, Danielle? <laughs> Join us next week as we go to church to church with Winnie Houston and the preacher's wife. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, be kind and rewind.